Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Good evening. We're around the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website, and you'll find this show live on page two. Oh, it was on page two, and I checked it before I came on the air, so it's probably on page one now of that website, so it will be easier to find. Thank God. For that. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or guest speakers on this program, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B. Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating the congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my special guest speaker, Richard Donker, and also my co-host, Luke Gilbert, as they break into our listeners, the bread of life. And also my special guest in the community corner, Stanley Phillips, as he serves our community with his various talents and gifts to uplift our neighbors. We pray that you will bless them and their families, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in via blog talk radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. Without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. For I pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And that we have been faithful until death. Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. In the first segment, my special guest speaker is my dear brother, Richard Donker. He serves with the Henderson Church of Christ in Henderson, North Carolina, and he comes to us by way of Ghana, West Africa. He's here on the contract here for a few years in Henderson, North Carolina, and he serves as the evangelist for the Oslofab. I probably didn't pronounce that right, but he'll, he'll correct me once he comes on. The Oslofab. Church of Christ in Ghana, 
West Africa. So I know he'll correct me on that pronunciation. And also in the Community Corner segment, my special guest is uh, Stanley Phillips. He's uh, from Jacksonville, Arkansas. He has a business called the Touch of Class Apparel LLC. And they're also a Touch of Class uh, Auto Sales and a Touch of Class Auto Detail Flagship Solutions Management Corporation. He's going to tell us all about those businesses in our Community Corner segment. And it close out the show, my co-host, Lou Gilbert. He serves as the evangelist for the Overbook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So after the break, the next voice should be that of my special guest speaker, Richard Donker. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Stepped on and light on 
What a word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my special guest speaker, Richard Dunker. Thank you. My greetings to your listeners. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity you have given to me. I am speaking from Henderson in Vance County, North Carolina, and I was working at a Sufia Church of Christ in Ghana. We thank the Almighty God for giving us such an opportunity, and I really appreciate your work you are doing through this radio program. Tonight, I am speaking on the topic, Reviving the Spirit of Evangelism, the First Century Spirit of Evangelism. When you look at things from this generation and where things are going now, it clearly seen from the various statistics we have seen. For example, when you look at the world now, our population stands around 8 billion. According to statistics, only 31.7% of this population are Christians. Aside that one, when we come to America, in the 50 years ago, according to Pew Research Center, 50 years ago, the, there was 90% of American population as Christians. But now, it's around 60 to 64%. When we come down to the Church of Christ, and we look at the American population, and we look at the number of adult population who are considered as members of Church of Christ, it's around 0.8 to 1.5%. All these statistics is showing that as Christians, we have a work to do. Now, let's examine ourselves in our various congregations. Where are the youth? What are the majority population in our various local congregations? You will see that the highest percentage are those from 40 years and above. There is a saying in my country, a forest without a small tree or a young tree has no future. So where is the future of the lost church? Where is the future of Christianity? Everything clearly shows that Christianity is shrinking. And as Christians, what are we doing? That is the reason why tonight I'm talking about we need to revive 
the first century, the spirit they used to preach the word. Are we going to sit down for history to repeat itself? We are all aware that at the time of the Israelites, it came to a certain generation where they did not know God. When we read Judges chapter number 2, let's turn our Bibles to that place. Judges chapter number 2. When we turn our Bibles to Judges chapter number 2, verse 7 to 11, it, it clearly tells us something. And that thing is also happening now. When we read Judges chapter 2, verse number 7 going, I will start from the 10th, verse 10. When all the generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose, them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Verse 11. Then the children of Israel sighed of the Lord and served the bows. That is the question I'm asking now. Where are the youth in the lost church? Why is it that the church is shrinking and especially Christianity is going down? Recently, there was a research done about Christianity in Europe. And most of Christian buildings has been turned into pubs and sports. Are we going to sit down quietly for all these things to happen to Christianity? Kingdom that was established by the blood of Jesus Christ? What are we Christians doing now? The early Christians did their part. But the question is, what are we doing now? The Bible is saying that at the time of Joshua, it came to a point, after Joshua died, it came to a generation where they did not know God. Let's come to American here. If the population, American population, 90% of it were Christians in 50 years ago, why has it decreased to about 60 to 64% of American population? Let's go back to Africa and many parts of the world. All these things are happening because some Christians today are not consistent with the message we preach. There has been constant changes in our preaching. Day in and day out, we are changing the messages the early Christians preached. And in life, if you are not consistent in what you are doing, people do not take you serious. So let's think about ourselves today. Christians, new doctrines every day, new practices every day. When you compare the early Christians, they did not do that. They were consistent about their message they preached. What about our practices? Christians of today are changing our practices in the church and in Christianity life. We are now accepting things to be normal. Some Christians are no more even teaching the Bibles in their various churches. They are not teaching the Bibles in their homes. Let me use that one. It is clear. Some Christians are not no more doing devotions, morning devotions with their family and teaching there. Some Christians are no more learning the Bible in order to, with all the platforms like what Steve you are doing, with all the platforms, why is it that Christianity is shrinking? Why is it that the population of the world is increasing, but the population of Christianity is going down? Why? That is the question Christians must ask ourselves.
Some preachers have also turned into motivational speakers. Instead for them to preach the sound doctrines, they are now turning to motivations. Recently, I talked to a lot of members in some churches, and I was asking them about the basic doctrine of Christianity. They even told me that it has been years that they even heard about lessons on baptism, lessons on giving, lessons on the church. So what are we preaching in our various congregations? Most members are no more involving themselves in the preaching work. They see the preaching work as the work of the preacher alone. And it is causing more damage to the lost church and Christianity as a whole. Although some government policies are fighting against Christians, but the early church stood up, prayed for boldness to preach. So if we will revive spirit of evangelism, in us, there are some things we always need to remember. First of all, we need to remember that Christ did his part, taught us to preach, and he also commanded us to preach. When you read Matthew chapter number 9, verse 35, what did Jesus do? He preached. He went to many cities. He went to many villages, preached about the kingdom, the coming of the kingdom. He left us that example to show that Christ has called us not to sit down, but to preach, to proclaim his word. As Christians, what are we doing? As Christians, what are we doing at this 21st century to project the kingdom of God to the world? What did Jesus tell us? When you read Matthew chapter 9, verse 67 to 38, then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Nowadays, those watching us on Facebook and those listening to us. If you like, do your own research. How many men are willing to go to various institutions? How many men are willing to be trained to become preachers in the lost church? How many are they? Especially the young ones. Jesus is saying that the field is ready to be harvested, but the laborers are few. So we should pray to God that we will get more laborers in the kingdom of God. Because we don't have enough laborers in the kingdom, that is why Christianity is shrinking. Because we don't have much laborers in the kingdom, that is why the population of the church is going down. When Jesus wake up from the dirt, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, he said we should take the gospel to the whole wide world. Who is taking this, this, this responsibility upon himself and do it and do it well? In the 1960s, in the 1980s, here in America, most brethren took upon themselves to propagate, to preach the gospel in America and all over the world, especially in Ghana and in African countries. Some were youth, some were 
and earthly people. But what about today? God has given the church all the necessary materials to proclaim the word. God has provided us all the platforms, the radios, the online radios, the social media, the television. But what are we doing? We need to obey the commandments of God. We can revive our spirit in evangelism when we remember what the early church did. Christianity began in AD 33 in Acts chapter 2. Let's look at the examples the early church left for us to follow. Consider some of them. Persistent. They preach the word persistently through their trials. They went through tribulations. They went through temptations. But with all these things, they stood up and preached the word. The early Christians taught everywhere. They taught everywhere. First Thessalonians chapter number 1, verse 6. They taught everywhere. That is what they did. Especially the church in Thessalonica. They did a lot of things. And we need to study them. We need to remember that for it to encourage us to also preach. So when we read 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 6 to 8. It reads, when we read the the verse 6, it says, And you became followers of us and the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Spirit, so that you became example to all the Macedonia and Archite who believed. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not in Macedonia and Archite, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone out, so that we do not need to say anything. This clearly shows the early Christians their commitment to the preaching of the word. They preached everywhere. When you read Acts chapter 4, when the, the, the early church was trials and they were scattered abroad, each and every member preached the word. They did not feel shy. They did not, excuse me to say, they did not become lazy. They remember that Christ died for us so that we can also wake up from our sins and preach the word. But today's Christian, some of us are not preaching. The early Christians, they view everyone as a prospect. Everyone as a prospect. Let each and everyone who is listening to me today ask himself or herself, how many people do you come across daily? How many people do you meet on your way home? How many people do you live in a community and you share the gospel with them? Do you proclaim the good news to them? We should also remember that the early Christians Everybody taught the word. The preaching was not the work of a preacher alone. 
The preaching was a work of every church member. What about today? Only the preaching work has become a work for the few, not for the whole church. And the question sometimes people ask, are the leaders of the various local congregations doing enough to train the whole church for evangelism? Are we investing much into evangelism? Are we making a big budget for evangelism? We cannot use any means to win souls for Christ. The only means that Jesus has instituted for us to use to win souls is to proclaim the word and as Christians to live an exemplary life. But are we preaching the word? What did the early Christians do that needs to revive us? They have heard truth and exposed error. Because they were consistent with their message, anything that was an error was exposed. They did not afraid of hatred. They did not afraid of any government policy. All they did was to proclaim the truth. Paul was writing a letter to the church. In Galatians chapter 1, I want us to read and take a lesson from there. When you read Galatians chapter 1, verse number 6 going, it says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying that we should be consistent. We should not change the doctrines of Christ. We should not use human ideology and philosophy to change the gospel of Christ. But some of preachers today are afraid to tell the word the truth. And sometimes they say that if you tell them the truth, they will feel guilty. If they did not feel guilty, it will not lead them to repentance. Guilty must lead us to repentance, and we need to preach only the truth and nothing more. God did not call us to be cowards. He called us as Christians to preach, and that is our number one job or responsibility that Christ has assigned to every Christian, and we need to learn that. One of the things we need to remember to revive us is we must always remember who we are as Christians. Who are we? What are our responsibilities as Christians? Were we calling to the kingdom? Because of worldly work? Were we called into the kingdom to sit down quietly? Were we called into the kingdom to be inactive? No, I don't think so. There was a work for us. That is why Christ called us through the gospel. And Paul said in First Thessalonians that we were called through the gospel. So as Christians, the more we preach, 
the more people come to Christ. The more we keep quiet, the more people don't hear about the word of God, and therefore they did not give their soul to Christ. So we should always go into the Bible and see what the early church did. They did well in evangelism. And it is an example for us to follow at this generation. Because the rate at which the youth are leaving the church, the rate at which the churches are becoming differently in terms of doctrines is so serious. In Africa, in American here, it's so serious. And we need to stand for Christ. Jesus said, when you get the whole world and you lose your soul, think about this one. We have the strength to fight for our businesses, to progress our businesses. But the question is, do we do the same? Do we spend the same strength, the same time to uplift the kingdom of God? Also, think about this one. How would the word be when there, there should be no Christianity? How would the word be if there is no Christianity? And how would the generation to come be if they don't know Christ? This is what Christians should think about tonight. So that whatever we need to do, because everything we have, we are going to leave it behind. One day God will call us to rest, and nothing are we going to take along. According to the Bible, we came naked, and we will go naked, and we are going with nothing. Our days are numbered. And no one knows the day our Creator will call you. And what accounts are you going to give? Did you preach the word? Were you motivated by what the early church did? If not, what are you waiting for? So one thing that will revive us is to know who we are. When you read First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, we are servants of God. And a servant no need not to, 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 to sit down quietly. A servant is always a task. We must rise up and preach the word. Because some have come into the kingdom of God with lies. And we need to stand strong and preach against that. As Christians, we should also remember that heaven is a prepared place for those who have worked. So if you have not worked for Christ, if you have not worked for God, heaven is not for you. Heaven is a place we are going to rest one day. Heaven is a place for people who devoted themselves to work for God, to win souls for Christ, to bring more people into the God's kingdom. We are going to rest from our work. When you read Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, John the Revelator said, what did he say? Let's go there and read. When you read Revelation chapter number 14, verse 13, it says that Christians who will rest, who are the Christians who will rest? Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, written, blessed are the dead who died in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their rest, from their, their, their labor and their works. Let, let's listen to the words. And their works follow them. 
I don't think the work will be my mathematics teacher. It's not my mathematics teacher that is taking me to heaven. Neither is my construction work. That one is for me to live on this earth. It's to give me money to get something to eat. But there is a work that has been assigned to Christians, and one of them is to preach the word. Are we doing that work? We have different platforms. We can share tracks. We can preach on Facebook, social media, blog talk as we are doing today. There are a lot of platforms. We can even write invitation letters and post them into some people's mailboxes. We can do all these things. We can leave cards when we go to restaurants to eat, to when we go to some places to eat. We can leave some cards on table inviting people to Christ, inviting people to the kingdom. Are we doing all these things? If we are not doing any work for Christ, then what are we going to rest from on the day of judgment? On the day we will die, what are we going to rest from? We should also remember so winning is our responsibilities as Christians. And Paul made, it, made mention of it. I want us to look at it. Paul made mention of it in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. When we read Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greeks. Unless we preach, no one will hear. And if they don't hear, they will not believe. So how many people in the lost church today are preaching, are voicing out the good news that Christ left for us? When you read First Corinthians chapter number six, nine, verse sixteen to seventeen. Paul also said something. Because it is our responsibility, because it is our task, we should agree with Paul in this issue. What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 16 to 17? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16 to 17, for me to conclude tonight's message. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 16, it says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Hallelujah. We should agree with Paul that it is our responsibility and something that is your responsibility, you cannot run away from it. And Paul is saying that as a Christian, as an apostle of Christ, He was talking from that perspective. But it is not Paul alone, but so far as you have been baptized into the God's kingdom, it is your responsibility to win your family for Christ, to Christ, to win your friends for Christ, to win everybody who comes on your way. So if you are not preaching your family and they are are leaving out of the church, our families are going from the church, our families are no more coming to the church, then we have responsibility as Christians. And Paul is saying that, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast. Why? Because necessity is laid upon me. 17. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. Hallelujah. We should not be forced to preach. 
That is why Mr. Steve has given us this opportunity to share this message. We should remind ourselves that we need not to be forced to preach. Paul is saying that he who preached the word willingly, there is a good reward for you. And it's not human reward. It's the one who created us is going to reward. Remember this and let this energize you to preach. Paul is saying that when you do it willingly, there is a reward. We should not do it because of money. We should not do it because uh, people are pushing us. But Paul is saying that we should do it from our own world. Many people are out there are dying in their sins. Many people are out there do not know Christ. Many people out there are, 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 are depressed and they need the message of Christ to revive them. Wherever you are hearing me tonight, wherever you are listening to me as a Christian, ask yourself, how many souls have you won for Christ? How many of your friends and family members have heard about the message of Christ? Do the young ones know Christ at this generation? Do the young ones we meet on our way home, in our family, do they know about Christ? What are you doing as Christians to make Christ known to the world? What are we doing to make Christ known to the world? God has given us strength. God has given us knowledge. God has given us all the necessity in life to preach his word, but we are not doing it. Tonight, for me to conclude my lesson, I want us to share a message from 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I'll conclude the lesson tonight. Sit down today quietly, meditate upon these words. When we read 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse 1 going, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 going. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceived spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience eat with a lost iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from food which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourishing the word of faith and of good doctrine which you have carefully followed. This is what Paul was telling Timothy. And tonight I'm telling all the hearers that we need not to wait anymore. People are dying in their sins. The church is going down. Christianity is going down. We need to rise up and preach like what the early Christians did without fear, without coward, we need to preach with boldness. Tonight, what I want us to look at is we need to be revived and let us rise up and preach the good news.
May God richly bless us all so that we can do what we have been assigned to. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. from the Lord Radio Show, The Community Corner. The Community Corner segment is designed to just simply tell our listeners just what products and services are being offered in our communities and how you can contact these various vendors for their services. Ladies and gentlemen, you'd be surprised to know just what products and services that people have to offer that are sitting right there among us in our congregations. This is one of my favorite segments because we get a chance to hear just what are some of the things that people are doing around us to serve in our communities. We've had people on this show who are involved in financial services, legal services. We've had authors, uh, college consultants, professional boxers who are serving as community activists. We've had NFL uh, players, casting producers for television shows, uh, farm, farmers, comedians, health and wellness models, you name it. We've had, we we've had a, a candidate for president of the United States that's running in 2024 uh, on this radio show. So we're just excited about this particular community corner 
segment. Now, my special guest in the community corner this evening is Stanley Phillips. He's from Jacksonville, Arkansas. Stanley, how you doing, my brother? Welcome to the community corner. Oh, great, great. I appreciate the honor and the uh, opportunity, uh, Steve. I appreciate it highly. I'm doing quite well, man. Not not as hot as it's usually been here in Arkansas, but we're good. Now, now Stanley has quite a few businesses. Now, Stanley, why don't you tell us about these businesses? Do you want me to list these businesses before you tell us about them? <laughs> Well, I'll just do it in a chronological order there, uh, Brother Steve. Um, when I first got out of the military in 2005, I was I was stationed in Korea, and the clothing was a lot uh, cheaper there substantially than the States. So uh, I, I searched high and low when I got out, uh, and I I found a, a place with uh, two uh, suits, and I got a catalog, suits, and uh, I had a... Um, about 500 business cards, and I passed them out by foot, by hand, every day. And after that, it grew into uh, that. That business is called a Touch of Class Apparel. So I got okay. now women's apparel and accessories. That's colognes, watches, shoes, shirts, dresses, hats, whatever you can think about. I got global connections, uh, and uh, okay. I don't have a website because I, I I don't do the website because my uh, company. Uh, lasts and thrives for the past uh, 15 years because of the customer service that we, we give it, second to none. And uh, okay. word of mouth, don't know who your circle of influence is. It could be five people, it could be 5,000 people, but as long as I give them a positive uh, a service, uh, I'll always have return customers, and that's how I've lasted. Uh, the yep. next one is um, auto, um, a touch of class auto sales. Uh, just I just started this. I got my own car dealership. Uh, here down in Arkansas, and I got global connections with that as well uh, because uh, people are getting railroaded, uh, Steve, if you don't know. I don't know how they're doing there in North Carolina, but I know everywhere. If you have a 720 credit score, you shouldn't have to put any money down on a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, dealerships out here have got you putting down money. That money goes into their pockets. But uh, we have a business right now. If you have a six, six, uh, 580 to 620 credit score, we can get you approved on any vehicle, truck, SUV, um, 2014 to 2023, with a warranty included. And if you have a 640 or higher credit score, uh, you won't put any money down, and that the same holds true. And also, if we have, if you have a person that doesn't want to do in the Book of the Month Club, I um, mean, uh, pay, uh, pay it by the month, we do have cash cards. That's where I got started. So, we always have reliable cash cars. And then, of course, auto detailing, the touch of class auto detail, we do that. And then finally, um, I, I'm a disabled veteran, and so uh, my partners in Atlanta that I went to Howard University with, um, uh, we started a government service disabled veteran-owned business, uh, which we do government contract, government contracting. Uh, we go out and seek uh, contracts, and then we, uh, we sublet them. Uh, to other um, contractors, and that's uh, that's that's the nature of what I do. I don't really have to work a nine to five, but to stay busy, uh, I do these things, uh, which, which are things I love, uh, because we know self-esteem comes from dressing, uh, cars. Um, people love to drive cars, and and then uh, of course servicing uh, veterans is what I do. I, I, I love to do that, and help out my fellow comrades in battle. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have actually bought a suit from Stanley here about a few months ago, right, Stanley? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's a little tan, <laughs> tan suit. He gave, he gave, yeah. he gave me, he gave me some trouble, but 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 we but we made it. We worked it out, and he came out uh, a touch of class, second second and none. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, tell my <laughs> listeners now how they can get in contact with you 
for your services. Uh, you can you can simply get in contact with me at area code two zero three eight five zero five three eight eight. On social media, you can get in contact with me at a touch of class apparel on Instagram, also on TikTok, and also on Facebook, and also Stanley Phillips on Facebook. I do live videos of uh, pop-up shops of fashion. Uh, right now, the Jordans are hot and tennis shoes because of summer months, and, and that's what we're doing right now. So uh, anything out there, we try to serve everybody. And we ship anywhere in the country. If we're here locally, uh, there's just a nominal fee that covers uh, gas money and maintenance for the uh, company's vehicle. That's about it. Hey, Stanley, certainly appreciate you coming on the Community Corner, man, and sharing your businesses with us. Certainly appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you highly, sir, and continue to do what you do. And uh, God God bless you and all your efforts, brother. Appreciate you. Respect you. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. The Community Corner. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. This is a program reminder. Stevie B Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. Telephone them to the live show at 713 955 0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light. Radio show on Tuesday evening. I'm hosting a live show, What a Work in the Lord Radio Show, and this show will air every second, third, and fourth Tuesday of the month. On the second Tuesday of the month, the show will air from six to eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, five to seven p.m. Central Standard Time, and we will have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be making that proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And during this show, we also have the Community Corner segment for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. I also have two co-hosts on this show, Lou Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Oak Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Isa Mullins, he serves with the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. Then on Thursday evening, I'll be hosting a live show. Um, then every third Tuesday of the month, I'm sorry, every third Tuesday of the month, I'll be hosting this show from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my co-host is Dr. Antherica Lane. She's a board-certified obstetricianist from and gynecologist. She also serves with the Great Road Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio, and she'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month, the show airs at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my co-host is Kelly Fletcher. She serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana. And she'll be hosting her show, The Kelly Fletcher Show. And then on Thursday evening, I'll be hosting the Gospel Light Radio Show. That show airs from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I have seven co-hosts. On that show, Clay Phillips, Dr. Frank Washington, Steve Cotter, Robert Lee Johnson, Glenn McMillian, Courtney Carruthers, and Brian Christian Coleman. And these gentlemen will be presenting lessons from the Word of God. And each week I have two co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out. So I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show. Then on Friday night, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B. Acapella Gospel Music Blast. 
And this radio show is the 2022 recipient for the LaCama National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement in Record or Radio. And that show will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on this show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. We're also interviewing the artists and producers and comedians and writers. We're also debuting new music and featuring old music on this broadcast as well. And every third Friday of the month, I'm doing my Top 20 Countdown show. And we and you can also catch uh, any of these live shows. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to any of these live shows, just check out where you getting your favorite podcast from. You can listen to the on-demand episodes that we have. And these shows can be found on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. Just search for Stevie B Media Productions. And also have recorded version shows. These shows were album debuts mostly. So the same playlist that was used on the live show was used on Blog Talk Radio. And these shows can be found on iHeartRadio, Deezer, and also on Amazon Music. Just search for Stevie B Media Productions. RV for recorded version shows. We want to thank our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you'd like to become a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. My co-host Lou Gibbert is up next. Stay tuned for What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. And if you miss me from singing, singing. and you can't find me nowhere, nowhere. come on up to glory. I'll be singing the faith. Yes, I will. And I know the Lord, He will greet me over yonder, over all the other shores. To glory. glory, I'll be praising the best. Heard a minister say to see other day long. Yeah. 
God You can't, you can't find me nowhere Come on up to glory I'll be praising up there Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my co host, Lou Gilbert. Good evening, good evening, August. Under the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. The Lord said so. Listen, my friend, God has been good to you. I went to a funeral of a friend of mine. My old friends were standing around with tears in their eyes. I thought, what could I say to take away some of their pain? I stepped out of that funeral home. I wrote this refrain. It goes, a whole lot of life gone by. So you need to give Jesus a try. You'll find yourself walking in the light. Everything gonna be alright. Don't you know that the devil gonna tell you that lie? That you can live any way that you like. And since we know we gonna die. Thanks unto the Lord for he is good. Mercy endures forever. The Bible says that the redeemed of the Lord say so. Am I on? Am I on? Much better. God has been good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my brother. We had some technical difficulties here. I guess this location where I am that come in. Uh sometimes it's very good and other times it's not. You know, sometimes uh, you do the wrong, sometimes you do the wrong, uh, 
it's just good to be here once again. Always good to be a part of this great program, and we certainly thank our host for just uh, allowing us to come on from time to time and to share a word, a word from the Lord. The, the word of God is is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We have the word, the words of Jesus, the words of our God tonight that we can live uh, by and have our existence. Oh, I don't want to hold you too long uh, tonight. I just got back in town, uh, just got off a flight a few hours ago from Chicago, and uh, I was preaching the word up there last night at the Windy City Lectures in Chicago, and so God brought us back safely this afternoon. Uh, so we wanted to just go quickly to just a thought or two tonight from the book of Luke chapter number 18. Luke chapter number 18. This is a series of parables that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, had been teaching to his disciples. This particular parable we're going to look at starts in verse number 9 of Luke 19 going through verse number uh, 14. This parable states, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. That's a mouthful right there. He said these, he was uh, giving this parable to those who trusted in themselves. My goodness, my goodness. Uh, and they, uh, and that they were righteous and despised others. He goes on with the parable. Two men went up into the temple uh, to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithe of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, mm -hmm, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Uh, this parable, this parable of two men, one a Pharisee, one a publican, and a lesson, a series in this particular a section was to expose those who trusted in themselves. Uh, that they were righteous and despised others. You know, that's a sad proposition when a man or woman would trust in themselves. Our trust is to be in God. Our trust is to be in the word of God. You know, there are times I, I can't even trust myself. Y'all don't hear me now because uh, my mind sometimes goes to the left or goes to the right. And so I have to have a center point. I have to have the word as a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I can't do without it. I can't do without the word of God. So I certainly cannot trust in myself. I think God, God has given me 
wisdom and knowledge, but, but it has to start with acknowledging God. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and he will, he will give you the right way. He will give you uh, success if you acknowledge him. So uh, they, they trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and they despised, they despised, uh, they to despise someone or something on the basis of worth, uh, worthless, uh, or have no value. They looked down upon others as if they had no value, as if they counted as nothing. It, it, again, it's a sad proposition when a man will think himself so good and everybody else so bad, counting themselves, as, counting others as nothing. You know, the best of us, we have to guard ourselves against the devaluation of others. We must guard ourselves against thinking more highly than we ought to think of ourselves. Y'all don't hear me now. And so these two men, they went into the temple praying. Look at them now. Um, different in character, creed, and self-examination. But both presented themselves, for whatever reason, before God. Again, Jesus is telling this parable because he wants them to understand something. Uh, but in, in the story, let's get into the story. These men, they, they presented themselves uh, before God. They had different attitudes of mind, widely apart, two classes of people, uh, if you will. Uh, one was self-applauding, arrogant, and a keeper of the law. The other was an abased lawgiver. And so you see the sharp contrast. You can't miss the difference, these two men going into this, this temple uh, to pray. But there are, some, there are some similarities, really, between these uh, two men and, of course, some, some differences. Well, uh, one was not good and the other was bad. You didn't hear what I said. I said one was not good and the other was bad. They were alike in that they were both sinners at the beginning of the parable. Don't miss that. They were both sinners at the beginning of the par of the parable. Uh, one had an outward form, um, or their outward form was was opposite. Uh, the the essential character of one is on is shown on the inside. In other words, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, but it matters more what you look like on the inside. The Pharisee said and did not. He was a hypocrite. He said and did not. He said one thing, did something other. The publican neither said nor did. He just knew he was a publican. He knew he was a sinner. The Pharisee uh, pretended uh, to a righteousness which he did not possess. The publican neither professed righteousness nor possessed it. He just knew he was just a sinner. One maintained, the Pharisee, he maintained a form, a form of godliness but denied the power. Uh, the other denied the power, denied the power and the form. Uh, because, again, he just knew he was a sinner. Here it is. One was a hypocrite. The other was a renegade Jew, if you will. Uh, both got to the same place to pray. Both stood to pray. Both looked into their own hearts and lives. Both addressed themselves to the work of self 
examination, and both teach us a valuable lesson in life. Let's just look at the attitude of prayer of the Pharisee, the attitude and prayer of the Pharisee. Uh, the, the Pharisee, again, started his, his prayer with, with self-flattery. He was full of self-commendation, whereas uh, the other uh, sought mercy, uh, and he was honest in his self-condemnation. So you had pride on one side and humility on the other side. Now, but don't forget, they both were, were sinners. Uh, one man, the Pharisee, he prayed in the forecourt of the temple at the usual hour, hour of prayer, uh, and he had a proud posture. He stood, uh, he took his stand and prayed to himself. Uh, if he noticed a publican enter the temple, he probably made sure he was standing apart from him. He didn't want to get too close to him. Uh, he stood with himself and he prayed with himself or to himself. He was drenched with a self-pride that could never reach the ear of God. He stood by himself because he was not the kind of person to with other common worshipers, whereas uh, the, the publican prayed perhaps alone because he considered himself unworthy to associate with others. The Pharisee prayed and spoke toward himself. You see, pride was the God that he worshipped. Uh, he stood, and in the text when it says uh, he stood, uh, it's really alluding to the fact that he took up his position. You have to understand how he walked into this temple, and he, he flashingly, even flamboyantly, you know, walked in the temple. Of course, all eyes would have and uh, uh, he had a, a static and upright position of perfect security and self-satisfaction. I mean, you, you know how uh, when some folk walk into the room, they want all eyes on them. They look a certain way. They sound a certain way. They make sure their bodies uh, are positioned a certain way so you can't miss them, and they want you to look at them. This is the idea that Jesus is wanting them to see how just flamboyant this, this person was ostentatious. Uh, and so whereas the, the publican, he stood and bowed his head and countenance, uh, contrition. You know, that, that's one thing about God. Uh, God wants a contrite heart. Look at Psalm really quick. Psalm uh, number 50, 51 rather. Psalms Psalm number uh, 51, uh, you know the psalm there when David was writing and after David had gone in with Bathsheba and that whole uh, incident and uh, he had sinned before God and now he's wanting God uh, to help him. He's wanting God uh, to forgive him. And he says in Psalm 51 in verse 17, he says, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart, you, God, will not rise. And so that's what God wants. God wants us to come to him with a broken heart, with a contrite heart. He wants us to come uh, to him in sincerity. The Pharisee, somebody says, used 34 words when he prayed his prayer. Listen to this prayer again. He says, God, I thank thee that I am not like 
as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Those are a lot of words that he used, whereas the publican used seven simple words. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And that's all it took. And so the publican's prayer was several times, if you will, uh, longer than the the parables, the uh, publican's prayer, rather. And uh, and how many eyes do we see there in this this prayer? He says, I thank thee that I am not like other men are. He says, I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I uh, possess. Four or five eyes there in this one one little prayer. Our prayers ought not be against ought not be about us. They ought to be about God. His was a prayer of congratulation, of self-righteousness, a prayer that rose no higher than the roof. And then the frame of his prayer, the Pharisee relied on his own, on his negative morality for justification. He moved, if you will, in circle. The center and circumference was himself. He was ignorant of the divine righteousness. He, he went about says in Romans chapter 10, verse 3, he went about to establish his own righteousness. Uh, He pleaded not only what he was not, but how much better he was than others. Friends, don't you remember that the the wise man said in Psalm, get that, Psalm uh, chapter number 29, Psalm chapter number 29, flip through your Bibles, Psalm chapter number uh, 29 and verse number 23, Psalm chapter 29 and verse number 23, a little slow tonight, Psalm chapter, uh, Proverbs chapter, Proverbs chapter 29 uh, and verse number uh, 23, there the Bible says an angry uh, person stirs up conflict uh, uh, and a hot-tempered person commits many things. Verse 23 says, Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit uh, gain honor. And so always remember that, friends. Pride pride brings a man down low. And so he paraded his merits before God. How dare any of us parade how good we are before our good God? Uh, and so he listed he lists his abstentions from evil uh, and informing heaven of his virtues. In other words, he's saying, God, uh, you know I'm good. God, you made me so good. God, you made me better than others. I'm glad I'm like not like anybody else. In other words, God, I'm so pleased with myself, and you ought to be too. Uh, that there's no lowly feeling of what God had done, what he owed God. No, no thanksgiving for what God had done. No adoration uh, for God and all the things God had done. No praise uh, for him. You know, the psalmist says again, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. The only thing he had was self-gratification. And so the man was praying, yet there was no gratitude to, there was no adoration for God. He really, you know, asked for nothing. He just said, Lord, thank you. I'm not like others. I know I'm pretty good. I was reading, and there is a, there's a, a, a tradition to the effect that every Pharisee, every strict Pharisee, uh, 
should thank God every day for these things. This is according to their tradition. Uh, every Pharisee would thank God that they were not created, number one, a Gentile, that he was not an ordinary Roman citizen, and that he was not a woman. So this was the attitude of these Pharisees that Jesus was trying to get them to see because they trusted in themselves. And so he's praying again that I'm not like other men. That's a proud boast that means I'm better than everybody else. I'm not like the rest of mankind. And so he didn't compare his own imperfections with the infinite perfections of God, but to the imagined greater imperfections of the rest of his fellow man. So in other words, he put himself before God saying, God, you know, I'm better. And I realize that I'm better than other men. This was the attitude that he had. He looked with self pride on himself or pride, self pride. And then he looked with pity on other men who were sinners and he just knew that they were no good. And so uh, in an effort to set purity, uh, the Pharisee listed three forms of wickedness. Now, listen, he said, he said, I'm not an, I'm not uh, an extortioner. I'm not an unjust. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not like this publican. And really, in reality, he may not have been. He may not have been an extortioner. Probably wasn't. He may not have been unjust. He may not have been an adulterer. But he had the attitude. His attitude was repulsive. His attitude was was ugly. And God hates pride. His attitude was one of pride and hubris. And that's one thing that we know God God hates. And so uh, he started to espouse his greatness. He says, you know, I fast twice a week when when really only one one day a year was uh, required during the time of of the atonement. Uh, and then he said, I give tithes of all that I possess. And, and really, they were only required to uh, tithe on the gains, uh, their yearly increase. And then he paraded his virtues before God in order to make God look like the debtor, like, Lord, you owe me something because I'm, I'm just so, I'm so good. And his prayer was an address of congratulation to himself, having no acknowledgement of God or his need or confession for sin. Now, all this time, he's standing there praying. He's taking his position. He's espousing just how good he is. Now, meanwhile, you have the publican. And the publican, he knew he knew what he was. Again, a publican, for the most part, was, was a hated member of the society because he, if you will, was a renegade Jew. He sold himself out to the government. And he was a tool of oppression uh, for even uh, for his own. And the Bible says that he was rich, and what it means by that by he was rich that means he he was he profited off the money that he. Uh, uh, extorted, if you will, from his fellow man. That's why he said, if if I took anything from you after he met Jesus and he was about to go home with Jesus, Jesus go home with him, he said, again, if I've taken anything, I'm going to return it back fourfold. So again, that wasn't a very a likable position. And so this, but meanwhile, again, this, this, this publican who knew he was a sinner, 
again, an extortionist. He may have been unjust. He may have been an adulterer. I don't know, but I know he said, I am a sinner. Reminds me of what the Apostle Paul said. He was just so thankful that God allowed him to work in ministry. He says, e- even me, I'm the chief. I was the chief of sinners. I sat at the head of the class when it came to sinners. I blasphemed. Uh, uh, I tried to destroy uh, uh, and be endurance to uh, the church of Christ. But I'm just thanking God uh, that I have God's mercy. So, again, this man this publican was in the corner, if you will, would not lift up so much his head, and he just said seven uh, simple words, according to the King James Version, an NIV uh, version, and perhaps others, uh, just seven little words. He says, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Bible says at that, Jesus said, this man went home rather than the other. And that that's the point. That's the point, friend. They, they, they were both sinners at the beginning of the parable. They were both sinners, all right, uh, both in the need of prayer, both in the same place, praying to the, uh, the same God, if, if you will. Uh, but, of course, the, the Pharisee was just praying to himself uh, and calling himself praying to God. Uh, but my point is, again, they were both sinners at the beginning, but when they returned home, when they went home, when they left that day, Jesus said, this man, this man went home justified because he was honest with himself. He, he was not a hypocrite. He knew he was a sinner. He knew he stood uh, a guilty distance from God, uh, and Jesus was trying to let those Pharisees know, trying to help them understand that it's not all about you, all right? They trusted in themselves. We can't look down on others. And so that's why he says there at the end of of that parable, he says, um, again, uh, 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 for everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And we see this even, of course, uh, in our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, again, uh, he uh, he he came in a lowly way, lowly spirit, lowly disposition. He uh, that's why the Apostle Paul says, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ uh, Jesus." Again, he uh, thought it not a thing uh, to thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And he poured himself out. Jesus taught us the way to greatness. The way to greatness is is humility, is serving one another. And so Jesus wanted these these Pharisees to know. He wanted them to understand that you just can't trust in yourself. Position when you would trust in yourself. And so tonight, how will you go home? Will you go home justified tonight? When you turn this off and go where you're going, will, will you be justified? Will you be honest with yourself to say, you know what, I have sinned. I have not been doing right. I have sinned. Uh, Lord, just have mercy on me. I repent of my sins, and I want to be saved, or I repent of my sins, and I want to be back in the goodness and the nature of God, the good nature of God, the blessings of God, the favor of God, or are you going to be like the Pharisee that just act like you got everything knowed up, everything all together, but know in your heart you have not done what God would have you to do, and all you're doing is just commending yourself. There, there's a difference. There, there's a difference. And so, my friends, I, I hope and pray that uh, I just kind of uh, 
uh, help to stir up your, your pure mind uh, when it comes to what God wants. God wants us to be humble. Jesus is the greatest example of, of a humble servant. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And when we, with, with uh, honesty and sincerity, approach the Lord, even in our sins, and say, Father, forgive me. God, help me. I'm just a sinner, and I need your help. I need your grace. Friends, that's all I have for you tonight. I appreciate, again, this opportunity. If you're ever in the Philadelphia area, come by the Overbrook Park Church of Christ, 7630 Woodbine Avenue uh, in the West Philly uh, section uh, called Overbrook, Overbrook Park, and, to, and we'll be waiting there for you. If you need prayer, uh, reach out to we can show you how to get a hold of me or any of these other great creatures who come on here, and we'll be certainly glad to pray for you. If you're not saved, I encourage you, don't don't let another day go uh, without without being saved. I often say it doesn't matter where you are, but it matters where you are, and that second where you are is in Christ. So get in Christ. That's the safest place to be in the universe. Get in Christ, hid with God in Christ. You come by hearing God's word believing that same word, the gospel of Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ, and being baptized in water for the remission of your sins. Jesus himself said, you that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Be saved today. Jesus died on the cross cruelly to save you. Won't you come and obey him even on tonight? God bless you, my friends, and God bless you real good. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? Now that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that heaven is my goal. No matter what they're saying, call me and I'll go. I'll tell you, I'm not saying Lord, I hear the streets are made for pure and cold Breath of God flow gently through my soul Pearly gates shine, sparkles on a rainbow beam Lord, I give my all to you Please make my dreams come true What's that? 
from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in the study of God's Word. I want to thank both of my speakers on the show tonight. My special guest speaker, Richard Donker. He's from uh, Ghana, West Africa. Really did a great presentation on the show tonight. Really appreciate his efforts. And also my co-host, Lou Gilbert, who always, we had some few, a little bit of technical difficulty there, but we got it together and he always does a great job as well in his proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I also want to thank my special guest in the community corner, Stanley Phillips. He has a lot of businesses going on from clothing to uh, cars and to uh, serving veterans. Certainly appreciate his efforts in serving our community as well. I really appreciate everyone who participated on the show this evening. What a blessing. It's my prayer that these lessons and the things that were heard on this broadcast tonight have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you're giving yourself over to a study of God's Word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continued blessings upon your lives and that He bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show on behalf of my co-hosts, Isom Mullins, Dr. Therica Lane, Luke Gilbert, and Kelly Fletcher. We really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Steve R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.